Hi everyone, it's Kimberly. Welcome back to The Limitless Pregnancy. We took a four month hiatus to get life sorted as you do. And now I have a baby, Emma is due any day. We've all been through an election and COVID is still dominating our daily decision-making. This of course has meant a lot for business. So we felt it was important to kick off our return episode, getting real about what has happened in business, what this means for Roo Space, and what that will mean for the podcast going forward. We're so excited to be back with our listeners, and we have some really exciting episodes to be bringing you in the coming weeks and months. But for today, we get down to brass tacks as business partners and new moms, and we welcome you back into our tiny recording closets to launch the new version of The Limitless Pregnancy. We hope you've got a drink in hand, and we're so happy to be back with you. Hello. Hi, good morning. Good morning, good morning. <laughs> it's really early for you. I it's just realized that. It's like 7 a.m. <laughs> it is. It is. And I got up at 6.30 and like moved around so that I didn't sound like death when yeah. I did the recording. <laughs> so I was like walking up and down the stairs and like playing with the cat. And then I sat down to record and I was like, okay, I'm ready to go back to sleep now. <laughs> um, especially because it's like dark in here and yeah. Anyway. Right, especially with daylight savings this weekend. It's probably going to be dark for another hour or so there, right? I hate daylight savings. Yeah, it's starting to get light, but still, it's like, you know from living in New York, once, man, it just sucks in the winter. Yeah, it's depressing. It is. It really is. That 4 p.m. sundown is really depressing. (laughs) I know. Yesterday was so nice, and we were like, let's go out, and we were cleaning the house because we have family in town and they're coming over tomorrow and we were just like doing all the you know doing all the Sunday stuff that we usually do and I was like okay it's nice today it's sunny it's not raining we have to get out of the house and suddenly it was like four o'clock and Nick was like okay I'm gonna go run one more errand and then we can go and I was looking outside and I was like but the sun's going down (laughs) (sighs) I could go for some Florida right now that's for sure yeah it's not a bad place to be I'm sure (laughs) weather wise (laughs) right right well I don't know that there's a yeah. yeah, I don't know that there's a great place to be anywhere right now. It's funny because when we did your recording of your second and third trimester, that was like the first time we actually got back to recording. So we were like, yay, we're back. We're so excited. And this one is less that, even though this is going to be the first episode. But Oh, this is going to be the first episode? This is it. This is okay. going to be like the intro into... Okay. Well, then we're going to make it positive. <laughs> we are. We are. Before before we get into details, tell me more about how you're feeling. You said mornings are rough for you right now. Yeah, I'm feeling okay. So, I mean, as of today, I'm 37 and a half weeks pregnant. So, Ooh. yeah, two and a half weeks away from my due date, which in my mind, I no longer believe in the due date at all because so Good. many people Good. have been like, oh, yeah, I had my first when I was 37 weeks. And then so many people are like, I had my first when I was 41 and a half weeks. So... The due date no longer is anything in my mind. This baby is just going to come any day in the next three weeks, basically. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's a good way to think about it. Yeah, I'm feeling feeling different. I definitely have a shift in my energy in the last few weeks where I feel pretty immobile in general. Like my body feels broken and ready to be more of what it used to be. And I am excited. Like, I'm just really excited for the baby to come out now. Like we're just, it's the final countdown. So just ready to meet him 
And yeah, it's just so funny. Everyone's like, sleep as much as you can right now while you can. And I'm like, <laughs> yes. um, have you ever been 38 weeks pregnant? Like, yeah. what do you mean sleep as much? Like, I'm so tired all the time, but sleeping is not comfortable. And I can't go more than 45 minutes without peeing, even in the middle of the night. So I don't know what people are talking about by sleeping right now. <laughs> yeah, I always hated that advice, too. I feel like I also I gained I gained a lot of weight with my pregnancies. Mm-hmm. I gained about 50 pounds with both pregnancies. And so I feel like it was always the people that just like didn't carry as much as weight as I was being like, oh, it's fine. It's just the end. Like, just get sleep and be comfortable. And I'm like, there's nothing comfortable about this. Yeah, no, like, like my back, my ankle. I was like, what? What do you mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not great. Yeah, it's really not great. We're almost there. So it's a very exciting time. Are you guys ready? Do you have like bags packed, nursery oh, yeah. ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have everything. I really don't know what else we could need. We have our we have our hospital bag packed. Um and the nursery is stocked with more things than this baby could ever need. <laughs> which is yep, so that's sweet. how it always goes. Yeah, I mean, people just keep getting us clothes and stuffed animals. I mean, there's a crib full of stuffed animals, like maybe 15 stuffed animals in it. And oh, my God. I mean, the baby's not even going to sleep in the crib for a long time, let's be real. So Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's going to be a minute before that baby's in another room. Also, it's because your second room is across the apartment. Like, uh-huh. you have to walk. That's a, that's a hike. So Yeah, exactly. So I don't even know in the middle of the night if I'm going to get up and come to this room to be in the rock like, I don't even know if I'll use the rocking chair at the beginning we'll see no no but we have you it all won't. You at least won't I won't the... have to deal with getting it all a few months postpartum and trying to figure all that out while figuring out a baby we're ready for when yes. the time comes yay I can't wait I can't wait to see him I can't wait to find out his name it's like such a fun <laughs> mystery now how are you feeling I'm okay I'm we're <laughs> we're in a sleep regression right now oh fuck yeah. Um we're in like a weird transition. So she's she's 4 months now and it's like she sleeps and she doesn't and she's doing this weird thing. Everyone's going to freak out when I say this. Last night we started swaddling her again because she's doing this thing lately where when we put her down in her crib, it's just like octopus baby like arms and legs everywhere and and she and she like kicks herself awake and like flails herself awake all night so she was waking up the last week or so like we would put her down and it was literally like every five minutes for like one to two hours and then after that it was like less than an hour before she would kick or like punch herself awake again and so finally last night I was like Nick I know I know that we're not supposed to be swaddling her anymore because she's starting to roll but like we have to keep her arms tied down or she's going to keep waking herself up and she's not getting rest and it's like it just was not good so we swaddled her last night and she slept so yeah it worked do whatever you need to do (laughs) that's seriously so i think we're having to do like a full regression we're like we're swaddling her and putting her in the dock in the crib to keep her from rolling over while she's swaddled to just basically like brace her in her straight jacket in the crib so she can't move because that's the only way she's staying asleep so yeah Getting creative, you know, but she's like, as far as the daytime is concerned, she's actually setting sort of starting to set a nap schedule for herself instead of sleeping off and on all day. It's becoming like very divided, separate, um, specific nap times. So that's good because then I can start to get a routine in again and start to have windows of time blocked out for myself to actually be a functioning adult independent of being a mom. 
Yeah. So I'm very happy about that. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> Things to look forward to eventually. <laughs> so, okay, let's just dive in, right? Yeah. Let's just let's just break the ice. Um, okay, so I guess January of 2019, right, is when we started our vision of love of root space. Yeah, I think Isn't maybe January was when we were first introduced. Was it January or a little late? Yeah. Maybe it was January. Yeah, it was January. Okay. It was January because in January, I remember I spoke to you and then a couple days later had my conversation with the midwifery program admissions woman at Bastier. And that was end of January. Mm. So the first time we spoke was right before that. Okay. Because I was like, what am I doing with my life? (laughs) (laughs) And then we spoke. So it's been, it was like 18 months, 18 solid months of us like trying to churn out this baby this yeah. first business baby that we had envisioned yeah and then covid <laughs> fucking COVID. <laughs> fucking COVID. i think it's important though also to mention that during that time we had we like ironed out our vision had a pretty re- actually a really clear vision early on of what the goal was for Roo space in terms of how we would start with a few locations in Miami and then with our big goal of franchising and then later digital would come and we were working through everything and had amazing instructors that we had already engaged here. It took us a while to find the right location, but once we found it, we knew that for our first studio, it was the right space for us. And then that took a while to get done, which for me was very frustrating. For you, maybe a little less so because you're used to brick and mortar, but someone coming from the tech world, I was super frustrated with that whole process of just contract negotiations and delaying construction and permitting and all of that. So things moved, I don't know if in in brick and mortar, if they technically moved slow, but it took us a while to go from having our vision to actually having our lease signed and then waiting for the space to be ready for us to actually start our own construction and open. So things were delayed on the studio side, which in hindsight, we were actually really lucky with because if we had opened right before COVID hit, which we were originally slated to do, I don't know how we would have survived with that first studio on even with the money that we had raised from our friends and family and being really lean with our capital and just making really smart business decisions. I still don't know looking at the boutique fitness studios that are still either closed or, or open, but functioning with a very low capacity and with all these new sanitation measures, I just don't know how we would have survived it if we had already opened. So by the time COVID hit, the fact that we were still delayed and at the end of the permitting process, not even starting our own construction yet for the space, I think we were lucky. And in a lot of ways, it was a blessing in disguise that we had the opportunity to sit back and say, okay, are we really going to go forward now? Or is this something that we need to kind of pull back on? Yeah. Well, I will say, going back to what we were, you were saying about the build out, as far as brick and mortar is concerned with new development, the the delays actually weren't bad because we were originally meant to get our keys in September, right? And then mm-hmm. it was November. And then they by the time they finally ended up offering us the keys, it was what, April? Mm-hmm. So for uh, new development? Yeah, May. March? May, April? May, or, May. Yeah, May or June. Yeah. So for new development, that's like, unfortunately, actually not bad. Crazy. Um, <laughs> 
it, which is so crazy. But it's still so frustrating, right? But, like, by the time, yeah, by the time they finally were ready to give us our keys, there just was no way. Miami was in its first lockdown at that point, right? Yeah, things were getting, things were getting really bad again here. Yeah, yeah. And at this point, the only standalone boutique studios that are surviving have either been able to negotiate with very flexible landlords or get SBA loans or get the PPP loan from the government or get angel investors or, you know, no one is, I shouldn't say no one. I'm sure that there are magical unicorns out there, but for the majority of single location standalone boutique studios in the industry, they are struggling i mean did have you heard about the lawsuit in new york right now they're suing como because he allowed the gyms to open but not the boutiques exactly which is it doesn't make sense i think the the one rule for not opening is if there's a instructor teaching the class otherwise if you're just an open gym you can totally open and i don't understand the difference I mean, look, right. like, from a COVID perspective, it makes sense for us to have as many regulations as possible. But from an economic perspective, it's just it's just so hard to survive right now as a business in a space like boutique fitness. Yeah. Yeah. And and I know that with a lot of franchises, at least just here in Seattle, I've already seen a significant amount of turnover with franchisees selling their their location, their franchise package to someone else, basically cutting and running and just giving them a really good deal to get some kind of profit on their studio and then getting out because... And people are buying the franchises right now? Um, yeah. Interesting. But Maybe it's like a I long-term do... vision, right? Like they'll hold on to it knowing that it should come back soon. Exactly right. And also when you, you know, at this point, if you're going into buying a franchise, never having owned it before, you're not looking at the essentially the giant loss that 2020 has been. You're looking at the future profit, the future potential profit. So you don't have, you know, you're just not holding the the P&Es in the same way, I guess, Mm -hmm. or P&Ls rather. But even I mean, even that's strange because even though boutiques are open here in Seattle, you can't have more than five clients in the room and people are not required to leave their masks on, but most people are choosing to. So the majority of their revenue is still coming from their client base taking classes at home, which is not something that we were afforded the opportunity of with Rue because we didn't have a client base. Right. Although we had a great did, instructor team. Yeah. And we did give digital our best shot, right? Like you scrambled to shoot amazing videos that we had that we were able to get up online onto a platform. We engaged a community of, I think we had 45 expecting women who signed up for our digital beta test and we were pushing out content twice a week. So we gave it our best all considering that we didn't have any sort of built-in community or client base before COVID happened and just trying to test out if digital was the right strategy and if there was an opportunity there for us to just fully go forward with digital until the brick and mortar world hopefully comes back one day. Um, But even so, I don't think that we felt like it was enough conviction for us to be able to move forward and dump a lot more money and resources into starting a fitness brand in the middle of COVID, especially with a demographic of people who, I mean, our whole thesis for this business was that in-person community for women who are pregnant and postpartum is the most essential part of the business and having a space, a safe space where people can come and meet each other and grow together and learn together and work out, of course, together. And I don't know how we could really replicate that in the right way online, especially when 
every single studio and gym in the world were trying to figure out a digital strategy because of COVID and being closed. So it became a lot of subscription fatigue that was happening online and just a lot of offerings and options out there. It was just not the right time. Yeah, especially because we were so focused on the community piece, right? If we wanted to just churn out pre and postnatal content, we could have. It would have been it would have been, you know, something out there in the fitness world, but like that was only that was only a piece of our vision and like what was so important to us was being able to have that that engaging community where moms are there for each other with each other. And that was even before COVID, right? Now it's even more important for for women to not feel like they're in this alone and you are fortunate enough to have family where you are. So like, I, I hope that you don't have that same experience where like you feel completely isolated with a new baby, (laughs) but like Mm -hmm. that, that, um, just being able to have that full spectrum of the vision that we had for Rue space. Yeah. It just did not, it did not translate well. Can you believe I shot that um, content at 38 and 39 weeks? No, I can't. (laughs) I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know now how you, you understand. Were I don't yeah. understand how you were moving in those videos. <laughs> now you understand why I was sore for like a week after yeah, shooting those videos. No, and they I... weren't even like full-fledged videos. It was like... Yeah, but you were still moving along with everything and... I... No. no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's still content that women need. It's just... You know, we don't have a we don't have a great way to get it out there the way we want to get it out there. It's funny. I was talking to one of our investors and she was like, I'm that I'm like the perfect like the model um, student because I have all of these different subscriptions to all of these different platforms and I don't use any of them. I just have this money coming out of my bank account every month that I don't even think about and I don't and I utilize it for nothing, which I think you were saying is the same for you, right? Mm-hmm. I ha- I actually canceled a lot of them recently, but I did have a lot of them. And then I was like, this is ridiculous. Even though at first <laughs> it feels like, okay, it's only $12 a month or whatever. So I'll use it. Maybe if I use it just once a month, it's fine and it's worth it. But it, it adds up and it's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do the same thing. I I after we had that conversation last time, I was like I'm canceling all of my subscriptions. And then once we moved, Nick's office is like a 10 by 10 room, so I can turn the heat up and do hot yoga and warm. Mm. I should say warm yoga in nice. his office. Yeah, so like especially after just being postpartum, like your body is so stiff and your mobility's gone, like you're hypermobile in some places, but then also like super restricted in other places, and I just was so uncomfortable. I was one day I just was crying and I was like, Nick, I feel terrible. I need hot yoga. Like, what am I supposed to do? And I was like, wait a minute. This, the, your office is really small. I was like, what happens to your equipment? What happens to your technology? If I turn the heat up, he was like, I don't know. We use our phones in the summer, so it should be fine. (laughs) (laughs) So, so far, none of his computers have melted. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) So I guess we'll see how that goes, but that's, that's been my saving grace, but I've had a, a yoga, a monthly yoga subscription because of it. And I still only use it like maybe once a week, which right. is not worth having something that that's value is theoretically a 31 day a month value that I use four times. Right. But that's like the world we live in now. Right. We don't want to let go of our subscriptions because we know we need the, the health. We know we need the fitness. But at the same time, it's COVID and like we're juggling five million things. Yep, exactly. So all of that to say, I guess, we're we're up to now where we're up to 
the summer of 2020 where we tried our digital test out. <clears throat> it was not as successful as we hoped it would be. And so then came the very difficult decision of what to do with Rue's face. Yes. <sighs> Which was hard for us. I think we, I think unfortunately we both knew well before we made the decision, but we just, for many reasons, were not willing to walk away from it yet. Yeah, I think we were just holding on to the dream, right? Like it was just, we knew that we had put so much work and effort and love into building what we had built to that point that stepping away and making that decision that was the right decision was just hard to admit kind of, right? Yeah, it was hard to admit. And also I think, you know, because we're both business minded in different ways, right? I come from like the tactile hands-on business world where you come from like the (laughs) everything in my mind, at least because I don't understand technology. Everything is like mysterious numbers in a cloud. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) either way, for a, from a business perspective, I think for both of us, we were like, okay, we've invested, you know, at this point, 18 months into this thing. So like, we need to, we need to be 5,000% certain that walking away is the right decision or right. putting it on hold or plus putting we it on had the back investors. Burner, yeah. Plus right. we had investors who believed in us from day one and invested their own capital into the business succeeding. And I think that that was also for me, especially, at least for me, I'm sure you felt the same way that there was this feeling of, okay, well, we need to try everything we possibly can before we say no. But then at the same time, I don't want to feel like we're holding their money captive and spending it in a way that we know might, that is just so risky basically at this point. Yeah, I definitely had, um, I subscribed to just like a daily email from a company called Finimize. And it's just like this very basic bullet point breakdown of like what's going on in the financial world and the stock markets. And I I was <laughs> to a point where I would open the email every morning and like read about how volatile everything was. And I that's where my brain would always go. is like, we're just holding on to these people's money when the financial world is so unpredictable right now. And like everything's unpredictable for us too. So what are we doing? What are we doing with their money? What do they need their money? You know, and I, yeah. and I don't think we had any investors come to us, right? To be like, no, we need our investment back. No, super supportive of like taking your take your time, figure it out, like do the pivot. But I think that as founders, we obviously still had pressure that we were putting on ourselves and a bit of a guilt feeling of, yeah, just knowing that inevitably this probably is no longer the right time for us to be rolling out this kind of business. Right. And then there's no way to go back to our investors and be like, hopefully, fingers crossed, after COVID, which might be <laughs> six months or 18 months or three years, we'll get back to it, which mm-hmm. like we can't just sit on their money for that long. Exactly. And who knows? Who knows anything? Right. Who knows? Who knows what the landscape? <sighs> yeah, we don't know. We <laughs> can't even think about it anymore because there's just I feel like we did all the speculation early on and now it's just sitting and waiting and not having any idea of what the world will look like post-COVID. Exactly. Which is a hard place to be in, especially when you're a planner. Like, I want to be able to plan. We can't talk about a five-year plan anymore. (laughs) Nick and I were talking about that last night. I was like, so what are we, now that we're just sitting in Seattle and with, like, no clear plan of what to do next because we never intended to be here permanently, we we were both like, what what is our, do we have a five-year plan? Can we try to make a new five-year plan? I feel like, like what is you it even? can't during this time. No, until, we can't. Yeah, no. In this world, you just have to go with the flow and 
be happy for what you have every day and then know that hopefully in a year from now you can start planning again for the future. But it's just not even an option right now. I mean, it's not even an option, especially if you're thinking about moving outside of the States. It's not an option. I mean, you could do a five-year plan within the States right now. Like you could easily move back to New York or go to a new city. But yeah, it's just. But wherever we are. Right. And wherever we end up, we're still just going to be holed up in our apartments. Right. So exactly. It, it doesn't matter. And it matters all at the same time. Like we may as well just move somewhere that's super cost effective for the next five years and just save as much money as we can, because that's whether we're in a true. city or like living on a hillside, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Where are you going to go? <laughs> what are the <sighs> options? Italy. Well, we'll see how Tuesday goes and then go from there. Oh, God. Let's not talk about the election. <laughs> no, we're not going to. But um, I was like, Nick, you really need to get on your Italian passport, please. Oh, he, <laughs> get oh, he has he has an Italian passport. He he does not have one, but he has the application process for one because he his grandparents were um, first generation. Oh wow! Well, that's amazing. Yeah, I vote for yeah. you to go to Italy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll make sure we have a spare bedroom for you guys. Yes, I love that. <laughs> Yeah, we put Rue on hold, or not on hold. We decided to give the money back. We decided to, we dissolved our subsidiary, right? Holding company is just holding. Yep, it's there. We still own the IP and everything, the trademark, the branding, all of that stuff in case one day the dream can be alive again. Right, and in the meantime, we have to sadly move on with our lives. But you're keeping the podcast alive, so that's amazing. Yes, and I'm actually really excited about um, the like the lineup of guests that we have coming up. Give us a in teaser this next <laughs> chunk. Ah, well, next next episode is your second and third trimester. Fine. Um, and then the episode after that, everyone gets to hear from my husband for the first time. Nick oh. and I are going to sit down and talk about our birth story. Nice, I love that. Yeah, but then we're getting into like some really fun. Um, I don't know if technical is the right word, but some really fun uh, specialist episodes. We have someone who specializes in speech therapy and someone who uh, that's going to be coupled with um, a lactation consultant. So they can talk about like muscularly, orally, all of the different things that happen to create latching issues, which can go on later to create speech impediments and also talk about how phrenectomies maybe are not, should not be like the the go-to solution for latching because of what that can do to speech later on down the line. Um, and I'm that's the one I'm most excited about right now. <laughs> but then we've also got some doctors in some different places and a midwife. And we have a lot of fun uh people professional people in the industry and then we're also just going to talk to some moms and have like some real mom conversations and hear about other people's birth stories in covid and other people's like fourth trimesters in covid and just how people are doing it right now Mm. i love that that sounds like a great season i'm so excited to listen yeah and we'll have to have you back obviously for your birth story whenever the time is right yes yeah. And what's next for you quickly? I know that you're on a on a short um Yeah, I hope you don't a hear a call today. that keeps coming in. Sorry, I keep declining it really quickly. Can you hear <laughs> That's that? That's okay. I can't, but it's okay. We'll okay. Mu- we'll mute it out in post production. Okay. <laughs> quickly before um, you go, what's what's up for you? <laughs> okay, what's next for me? Well, besides being super pregnant and about to have a baby, I am also developing another baby um in the work baby sense. 
uh, working on a new venture that I started working on in the last few months with one of my co-workers and good friends from Guava Pass, which was the business that I did in Asia before we started Space, And we're basically building a company around making childcare more accessible for working parents. And it's been super busy and super exciting and also stressful in the time of COVID to try to figure out how you build a business that is both COVID relevant, but not COVID dependent. And that's complicated in (laughs) itself, a whole new layer on top of just how complicated building a new business is in general. And so we are building, building, building a lot right now and figuring out exactly what our product will look like when we launch in 2021. And at the same time, somehow I'm going to be taking a maternity leave over the next few months and (laughs) everything's very exciting. I mean, I'm yeah, super busy, can't complain, miss Ruth space every day, but also still have, there's still some hope, I would say, in the back of my mind that one day it will come to life again. I hope so. Yeah. I would love to see that happen. And maybe you keeping the podcast alive in the meantime will be the gateway for that to happen eventually. So yeah, my fingers are still crossed. Same, same. I still have that. I, I just am not able to let go of it yet. I feel like I'm. it's not something that it's something we have obviously had to step away from, but there's still such a big piece of my heart that's just hoping that in the future it makes sense. We live hopefully in the near future in a world where we can bring it back. And, and at that point, maybe it'll be even more powerful for the community because, oh my God, at that point we'll have been isolated for how long? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. We'll need community even more than ever. Yes. So I'm very excited for your new venture. I can't wait to see how it goes as the as the months go by and um, definitely keep us posted. We'll have you back when we can. And um, I guess, is there anything else that you want to say for our listeners? (sighs) Oh boy, putting me on the spot. No, I'm just really excited to listen this season. And even though I'm taking a a sort of a backseat on the podcast, I know that you're going to have great content coming on. And I'm excited to now be on the other side as a listener and not have to hear my voice when I listen (laughs) to it because that's been painful. Um, And I'm excited for everything that comes. You know, there's, we need to find good and exciting things that are happening in this crazy world right now. So. All the best, and thanks to everyone who's still listening. We really appreciate it. Yay. Thank you for for doing this. I'm going to let you go now because we've gone way over, but thank you for doing this, and best of luck with the labor. I'm sure I will be talking to you. Maybe I'll just give our listeners a little update from time to time. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And, um, okay, we'll talk soon. All right. Thanks. Thank you.